This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Jack Ma is one of the most powerful people in the world. As the founder and former boss of Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba, he's drawn the eye of the Chinese government. And last year, after Ma criticised them, the launch of his financial services giant Ant Group on the Shanghai and Hong Kong stock exchanges was cancelled. In this episode of Squiz Shortcuts, we take a look at Jack Ma himself, his rise and his success, what it means to run a business venture in communist China, and the reasons a usually public character is thought to be laying low. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's start with a quick bio, Claire. Jack Ma was born in 1964 in the Chinese city of Hangzhou. His family was poor and his name then was Ma Yun. It was, but he picked up the nickname Jack after becoming pen pals with a foreigner who couldn't pronounce his Chinese name. (laughs) He was rejected from more than 30 jobs, ranging from the police force to KFC, before he was picked up as an English lecturer and he started his first business, a translation company. Despite those initial struggles, Jack Ma is now one of the richest people in the world, largely thanks to the internet. Of course, that started to become a thing in the early 90s. 90s, but it wasn't so much a thing in China, which despite its soaring economy was still relatively cut off from the rest of the world. It was, and it wasn't until Ma travelled to the US in 1995 that he was introduced to the internet. He saw its massive potential, particularly in China, where it was still relatively unknown, and it saw the start of his second company, China Pages, which created websites for local businesses. That one wasn't to be, the company falling out of favour with the Chinese government, but it planted the seed for Ma's next and most successful online venture, Alibaba. It's pretty much a household name now. Yeah, just to simplify, it's China's answer to the likes of eBay or Amazon. It was started by Ma and a group of his mates in 1999 to provide e-commerce platforms for Chinese merchants to sell to buyers around the world. It soon became the world's largest B2B e-commerce marketplace. It expanded into other businesses, including cloud computing, video streaming, movie production, healthcare, sport, retail, news media. Really think about likes to Amazon. Amazon. Mm. And it was in 2014 that it debuted on the New York Stock Exchange with the world's then largest initial public offering valued at US $25 billion. Yeah, he's done all right out of that. That IPO made Ma the richest person in China at the time. His wealth now sits at about US $60 billion. In that same year, so 2014, he founded fintech company Ant Group. It's an affiliate of Alibaba, which operates Alipay. It's the world's largest online payments platform. It was set up as a payment service for customers checking out on Alibaba's online marketplaces, but it's more widely used now. About a billion Chinese people use it, and it's expanded to provide other financial services like personal credit, loans, investment, also insurance, and Ma owns a controlling stake in Ant Group. We've said billion a lot of times. He's very, very wealthy and very successful. This Mm. business success gave Ma superstar status in China and around the rest of the world. He starred in Kung Fu short film. He loves to perform on stage at company conferences in outlandish costumes. He's quite the character. All of this success means the Chinese government watches him very closely. We'll take a look at why next. 
we get into Ma's recent run-ins with the Chinese government, Claire, it's worth talking about how private businesses even operate in China. China's long followed the basic tenets of communism. Most areas of life are controlled by the state. From the 1990s, though, China emerged as an economic superpower led largely by the success of private business. Claire, this has been a source of tension within the CCP, otherwise known as the Chinese Communist Party. That's right. Part of the party's DNA is the strong rejection of many Western ideals, but on the other hand, it's benefiting from the riches sown by a market economy. Yeah, private businesses in China, of course, operate quite differently to how they do in the West. And there are high levels of regulation and government intervention still. Most small and medium-sized private enterprises in China have close links to local governments, and nearly all of the largest Chinese companies are state-owned, with the exceptions including Alibaba, Tencent, ByteDance and Huawei. They're all companies that we've talked a bit about in the last 12 months. But they still have close ties to the government and to the Communist Party. Because they operate across the globe and some are listed on various stock exchanges, it means that the public can become shareholders. And these multinationals tend to enjoy a greater degree of freedom than their state-owned counterparts. And this has been a major bugbear for the CCP. Yeah, it's seen the country's leader, President Xi Jinping, who we also have a shortcut on if you want more about him, moved to shift the Chinese government's policies on private business. When he came to power in 2012, private business accounted for about half of all investment in China and three quarters of its economic output. But since then, the state has gained more control over the country's economy. And that means for most Chinese firms, the Communist Party must be consulted before making any major business decisions. And the party has recently released a set of guidelines that Chinese businesses are obligated to follow. And that includes prioritising values of communism. And as we speak, reports are the Chinese government is in the process of drafting new anti-monopoly guidelines. It's another sign, Claire, that the government's pushing for further control of business in China. It is. And party leaders have pledged to increase their influence over emerging entrepreneurs too. Which brings us back to Jack Ma and his recent disappearance. We'll get into that now. Before Jack Ma's last public appearance in October, that was in October 2020, there were reports, Claire, that sentiment about Jack Ma was already souring. And look, it's hard to say whether this is a widespread thing across the community, given government control over China's media. But there's a few examples where Chinese media has labelled Ma a villain, an evil capitalist, and I like this one, a blood-sucking ghost. I wouldn't want to be called that. No. It's a great insult, I think. <laughs> so, Claire, the reason public opinion may have turned against him is tied to the growing divide in China between rich and poor. There's an emerging group of extremely wealthy Chinese who have done very well in recent times as the economy grows. And that's seeded a growing divide and resentment, particularly among young people who face limited job prospects and high living costs, and also those from lower socioeconomic groups. And it's that resentment that the Communist Party has tapped into through the country's media. Yeah, remembering, of course, as we said before, the media is run by the state. Now, Claire, Jack Ma has disappeared. He was last seen at a financial conference in Shanghai, as I said, last October that was attended by a number of top Chinese officials. It was there that Ma made a speech criticising the Chinese government for being too risk averse at the expense of innovation. 
And it seems that was the final straw for the CCP. In November, China's market watchdog suspended or maybe squashed Ant's plans for a US $37 billion IPO on the Shanghai and Hong Kong stock exchanges, which was set to be the biggest float in the world ever. China said that it was concerned about Ant's adherence to online lending regulations. That's certainly their line, but by all accounts, it was more likely to be the government's payback for Ma's criticism of them. And since the government's been coming down pretty hard on Alibaba and its affiliates, for one, it's opened an antitrust investigation into the company. They claim that massive amounts of personal credit information Ant has been collecting gives it an unfair competitive advantage over other institutions. And the effect was immediate with the announcement shaving billions of dollars off Alibaba's value, analysts say. So the question really is, what do Chinese regulators want? The answer is that they want for Alibaba to provide this information to a broader nationwide credit reporting system, which would effectively be controlled by the government and state-run banks. There's arguments for and against doing that, but sceptics say it's a proxy for Beijing dismantling Ant's entire business model to take control of the sector. And it's all part of a larger crackdown on big tech companies in China. Late last year, Beijing proposed significant changes to its anti-monopoly law, and that would reduce the market power of tech giants, including Alibaba and Ant. One way they could make the market more competitive is to allow the likes of Google to operate there, but they can't, given the country's great firewall. Which prevents the public from accessing Western sites like Google and Amazon. To finish off, Claire, the obvious question remains, where's Jack Ma been? Well, there's a few theories going around. His disappearance has seen some speculation about whether Ma has been detained by Chinese authorities. With government mouthpiece The People's Daily reporting that Ma is now embracing supervision at an undisclosed location, but The People's Daily has since deleted any articles mentioning him on the website. Mm, disappearances aren't that uncommon in China for those who've gotten on the government's bad side. No, but despite all the speculation about his whereabouts, it's generally believed that Jack Ma is deliberately lying low until it all blows over. And there's a sense from the reporting that he's got the message that he's got a bit too big for his boots and is staying out of view after embarrassing the powers that be. And wait, Claire has been given to this theory literally as we publish this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. Reports are that he was spotted at a school earlier in January. Whatever has happened, it's certainly served as a reminder to businesses in China that no one's immune from government influence. And that's your shortcut to the disappearance of Jack Ma. On to our recommendations. We mentioned, Claire, that Jack Ma is a bit of a character, so I've got a link to him dancing to Michael Jackson's Billie Jean at an Alibaba annual party. It's not the first time he's done something like this, as you'll see in the link in your episode notes. Yeah, it really is something to behold. <laughs> <laughs> I've got something from the Lowy Institute. Their interpreter uh, online magazine talks about where next for Jack Ma. It's in the context of his great big business success, and it's really hard to overstate exactly what a big deal Jack Ma is in China and around the world. Yeah, he's a huge deal. We talk about him quite a lot in the Squiz Today podcast, which, if you didn't know, is released each day at 6am and gets you quickly across the news every morning. Thanks for listening into this episode of Squiz Shortcuts. If you have a request for a shortcut, send us an email to hello at thesquiz.com.au. That's all from us. Until next week. 